when you place money inside of a bank, it becomes your asset because the bank will owe you a very small amount, but it's a positive number. But what that does is it creates a liability on the bank's balance sheet. So what they have to do is they have to offset that liability with another asset to generate some income. Most of the time, they will do that by creating loans. So they will take dollars on deposit and they can then lend those dollars out at a percentage more than what they actually take on deposit. Are you looking for true personal freedom? The freedom to design a life you truly desire? Then you're absolutely in the right place. True personal freedom comes from when you take 100% responsibility and control of your money and your mind. Here, you're going to learn ideas, tips, and wisdom that's going to help you bridge the gap from where you are now to your dream life in the future. My name is Randy Wilson, and welcome to the Rich Mind Podcast. Okay, welcome back to the Rich Mind Podcast. And today, for today's topic, I want to talk a little bit about the banking system. I want to get a a little bit of my insights as far as the uh, recent collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank, which you may or may not be aware of uh, happened. It depends on when you will be listening to this, but it occurred uh, the first or second week of March. I don't remember the exact date. But it's just been recently here uh, of this recording that this has happened, which is a pretty significant event. And what I want to do is give a little bit of color as to what uh, has transpired, what has happened, and really what it means to you, which is the most important part, uh, is to understand uh, the implications of what's going on in the system and how you can use that information to hopefully make some better decisions. Uh, moving forward in terms of your finances and your financial future. So why am I wanting to record this? Well, basically, uh, it happened last night. My daughter was over. And as you can imagine, a lot of times we have discussions about the financial system. It's something that I uh, I love. I love getting into the macro and the micro, all the numbers, uh, the terminology, uh, all of those things. And she looked at me and said, Dad, uh, with this Silicon Valley Bank failure, what does that mean? What does that mean, period? And then what does that mean at all? And I wish that I would have pulled up my phone at that moment and and hit record. But so I will do my best uh, now to recapture basically the thoughts that I had that I shared with her as far as how she can take the information and then begin making some decisions uh, based on that information. Just for some context, she is 23 years old and obviously pretty early in the stages of figuring out life, figuring out her own finances. So uh, just to put a little context as far as who uh, my daughter and how old she is, as far as where she's getting that question from. So let's start off with the banking system in general. And the first piece of it is to understand that a bank's job, what they are in business to do is to make money. So they are in business, just like any other business out there. Their business obviously is to make money. And how they do that is they take on deposits from you and me or other businesses, but mainly from from businesses and from individuals. So they take on deposits. When they take on those deposits, they become a liability to them. So 
going back a little bit further, we will talk a little bit more about this in a separate episode. But in case you're unaware, uh, just a basic understanding of what a, an asset and a liability in terms of a business is that an asset is something that you will make money from and a liability is something that you will lose money from. So basically, assets put money in your pocket, liabilities take money from your pocket. So if you just kind of think of it in those terms as well. So what happens is when you place money inside of a bank, it becomes your asset because the bank will owe you a very small amount, but it is a positive amount most of the time, not counting for inflation, but that's a, a discussion for another day. But it's a positive number. But what that does is it creates a liability on the bank's balance sheet. So what they have to do is they have to offset that liability with another asset to generate some income off of your deposits. Most of the time, or some of the time, it just kind of depends, they will do that by creating loans, fractional reserve banking. So they will take dollars on deposit, and they can then lend those dollars out at a percentage more than what they actually take on deposit. So let's call it $100. They can take that $100, and then they can loan that out up to nine times towards that single $100. So they actually have leverage on that money, as long as they have a percentage in reserves, hence the name fractional reserve banking, they keep a fraction of that money on reserve, but then they lend that out. And with those loans, they make a profit. So they're lending to you for a car loan, or they're lending to you for a personal loan, or a home equity line of credit, uh, you name it. It's, it's multiple different types of loans, but that's where they have the ability to make those loans. It's from the deposits from you and from other businesses. So what has happened here recently is that they've had a flood of, so I'm talking about Silicon Valley Bank here and banks in general, they had a flood of capital. They had a flood of cash because of the, the reaction to the COVID virus with all of the money being flooded into the uh, people's accounts. Uh, if you're anything like me, you received money from the government, from the Federal Reserve, once again, those are topics for another day as far as where that money actually came from. But the point is, is that money was given to individuals and money was given to businesses. A good portion of that money was placed on deposit at these banks. They had to then take that, those deposits and turn them into assets. And if they couldn't make loans fast enough, if they couldn't, if they didn't have the good collateral of other folks to loan against homes, cars, other assets, they went the route of buying debt, government or even municipal debt, bonds, T-bills, those types of things, those types of instruments. So what they would do is they will pay, let's call it 1%, and I'm using just round numbers here just so it's easy in my own head as I try to make this description. So they will take on a deposit and owe you 1% on your money but then they will invest in a T-bill that's gaining, let's call it 2%. That's a positive net gain to them. So they then have turned that liability of the deposit into an asset once they've done that. So with Silicon Valley Bank, they had a very large number of their assets on the books, on their business balance sheet, tied up in these bonds. So one thing you need to understand is that when it comes to bonds, the price and interest rate are inverse of each other. 
So as the in, as the interest rate rises, the prices fall and vice versa. So back, if you can remember, back in 2021, 22, before the Federal Reserve began making large increases in the Fed funds rate, the interest rates, they were buying bonds at a very low interest rate, which meant the price was very high. Okay, so picture that with me. Price very high, interest rate very low because of the current the, the market at that moment. Over the last 12 months or so, the, the Federal Reserve has done the exact opposite. They've rapidly increased rates. And as they increase those rates, the value on those bonds that they're holding on their balance sheet continues to fall, 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 fall. So they're underwater in those on their balance sheet. They don't have the value that they claimed isn't accurate anymore based on today's current market value. They're being, they're being called unrealized deficits or unrealized losses. They're being called unrealized losses. So what then happens is, or what happened then with Silicon Valley Bank is that the depositors, a lot of the depositors inside of the Silicon Valley Bank were, well, hence kind of the Silicon name, Silicon Valley name. So these tech businesses, these startups, these institutions that may not have be showing necessarily a huge profit, they kind of caught wind that their balance sheet was becoming an issue. And they began, essentially, they began a bank run, which means, and, and there really hasn't been a large amount of bank runs since back in the Depression. So with the fractional reserve banking, they're lending out or they've got money outset for these to buying these assets but they don't necessarily have the cash and reserves at the bank. So if person A or business A goes to the bank and requests to have their capital returned, person A is more than likely, after jumping through a few hoops, going to get their money back. But if person 200,000 also asks for their money back, the money isn't there. You've got to understand that. With the fractional reserve banking, the money is not there at the bank. So what happens is on a bank run, the first few people will get their money. But what happened was they had a liquidity issue. More people were re requesting funds back from the bank. With their balance sheet being underwater, they didn't have the assets to compensate for that. So they were trying to create and do a fire sale of their assets. They actually tried to even raise money through a stock sale, trying to raise funds to basically pay out to their customers. Hence, the bank run. And as it, it became a snowball, so it just continuously went down and down as far as the value of the business to the point where it became insolvent. And because of that, that's hence the reason why they, they went out of business. So why is that important to you? The first part is just to understand about the fractional reserve banking. That's something that I wasn't aware of when I was first beginning my journey uh, with, uh, in my financial education. You've got to understand that as soon as you put money on deposit at a bank, you're essentially becoming partners with them in their business. I would assume, and I probably should go back and, and, and research this a little bit more, but when you open accounts at these banks, savings accounts, checking, checking accounts, I'm sure they're in the, do in the documents that you're signing as you're signing up for those accounts, there's wording in there describing to you the risk that you're taking, because it's absolutely a risk. You may or may not get your money back. 
And that's where it becomes very important for the average individual on the streets. Now, I'm not saying that all banks are going to fail. I'm not saying that things are going to continue to get worse and there's going to be a lot more bank runs and, and that kind of thing. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that you just need to be aware. You need to be aware that it's a possibility for that to happen. And what if it were to happen to you? What if your local bank had an issue? Could you get your funds? Could you get your money that you have on deposit at that bank? That's the question you need to ask. And if you are in any question of that, this is not financial advice. You need to go with what you think is prudent for you and your situation. But it might be a good idea to possibly not have all of your money sitting at the bank. Now, where you put it and what you do with it, that is completely up to you. But it might be a good idea to not necessarily have all of your money tied up into a single bank institution, even the local banks, wherever town or city that you live in. The idea is you want to take control. You want to take back control of your money and make sure that it's being purposefully used for good for you. Now, if you've got a great relationship with the bank and that you that you do business with and they are very open to helping you get the loans and get the, the capital that you need for whatever uh, things you have going on, fantastic. Then stick with that bank if you're confident in the balance sheet. You should be able to get access to their balance sheet uh, to tie, kind of take a look and see what they actually have uh, as far as assets and liabilities on their own business statements. That would be a good idea. Make sure that those banks are going to be solvent as we move forward. I have a feeling through my education that there's going to be more disruptions coming up in the future. I don't know how soon, but I think they're coming sooner rather than later. And the sooner you're able to get your head wrapped around how the system works, how you can use the system to your benefit versus it being to your detriment, the faster you're going to be able to, to make progress in your own financial education and your own financial status moving forward. So understand, just to recap, the banks are in the business of making money. When you place money on deposit, it's, a it's an asset to you, but it's a liability to the bank. And the bank needs to create an asset from that liability. Through fractional reserve banking, they're able to loan out more than what they actually took in on deposit. With those loans is where they make the difference or make the positive arbitrage for themselves. So basically they're paying you a percentage, but they're making a higher percentage off the loans. And the idea is that you need to make sure that if you need to get your capital out of the bank, make sure that the bank is going to be solvent based on they're not out over their skis and they're not underwater with assets that they're claiming to be worth X aren't necessarily overvalued based on where we are currently in the interest rate environment. Remember, it's an inverse. So as prices are high, interest rates are going to be low and vice versa. As interest rates continue to rise, the asset prices need to, and need, it's not even just a need, they're going to come down. It's just an inverse. You need to be thinking of that, of that as an inverse. And then making the decision. With that information, is it best for me to have all of my money tied up in this institution? Or should I take control and move some of that money around? Whether you take personal possession of some of it and hold of it, hold it, that's fine. But it's totally up to you. You make that decision based on where you are in your current situation. So I hope you find that 
valuable. Uh, that was a discussion that I had with my daughter. I believe I covered that pretty well. So hopefully if there's any questions about that, don't hesitate to ask. This micro banking system, I, I actually, I love learning about it. I love digging into it. I didn't go into as much detail of some of the things that I just didn't want to confuse you. I just wanted to kind of keep it to the basics with this uh, program today. So if you have any other questions about that, don't hesitate to reach out. You can also find other information on other resources, right? Through YouTube, through other podcasts and that type of thing. I just definitely wanted to uh, put this out there as kind of a timestamp of to where we are uh, in our situation in our system today. So once again, I hope that serves you. I hope that you find value in that uh, message today. And if I can help you with anything, navigating the ideas of the financial system, how to do anything or increase your uh, financial education, and of course, your personal development, I'm here for you. So have a fantastic day. I look forward to connecting with you in the near future. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining me on the Rich Mind Podcast. I hope you found a ton of value in this episode. If so, I'd really appreciate a five-star review. And you can also share it with your family and friends. And as my mentor, Jim Roden, shared with me, in order to have more, you must first become more. And in order to become more, you must work harder on yourself than you do on your job. So go out there today and work harder on yourself to become more and build the life of your dreams. Until next time, my friends. 